Praise the Lord. <laughs> Praise him indeed. How you doing? I'm fine. Thank you. We just have to get our little music going here to get us all um, in the right mood for our, not the mood, that's not true. We're here because we've come to exalt the name of our Father. This is Wow What a Show. I am Phyllis, your host, and with me is Pastor John Thomas, author, author of In All Thy Getting, Get Understanding. We have enjoyed a wonderful series with him by the same title, and we're continuing. <clears throat> uh, I'm so glad that you've joined us and uh, that you're here. You make our coming meaningful and, and with great purpose, and you provide for us the fellowship that I believe God intended. What would you say, Pastor Thomas? Don't you think God meant for us to dwell together in unity and to enjoy one another, to bear one another's burdens, just to get along? What do you think? Absolutely. You know, the okay. Absolutely. And in so doing, we can kind of gather wherever we like, right? It's okay. Are he is. Oh, I, I, sometimes I just do that so wrong. But wherever we are, he is. And wherever you are, our listening audience, we want you to know also that God is also there. The heavens declare and are speaking to us day in, day, uh, day in and day out of his great glory. And we see the working of his hands, the majesty of this created earth and in the sky and the oceans and the seas of this world. We see and experience all that God has done. And so we ought to just stop really and breathe it all in, take it all in, and allow the message of his creation to speak to us and uh, allow us to see that he is with us. Well, Pastor, at this moment, it's just the two of us, so let's have a good old time and talk about Jesus. What do you have prepared for us tonight? You always spread such a great table, and we are definitely looking forward to partaking of the sweets and the meats and all that good fruit that you have there. So go on, tell me. Well, tonight um, we're going to talk about really being aware of, of of what we're doing as believers, who's doing what. It's like we're, yeah. in, we're in a world and so many things are happening, we're not sure who the players are. You know, mm -hmm. um, this particular topic that I'm going to teach on is stop blaming the devil. You know, we okay. give so much power to the devil. Sometimes we, we give him more credit than we ought to. And sometimes, a lot of times, the, the believers don't know who's talking, if it's God mm -hmm. or it's Satan. And and that comes from not having a relationship and not uh, studying to show yourself approved. It has a lot of things to happen. And, and it's so important that we know who the enemy is or, or what's a blessing and what's a curse. Mm. That's all part of, uh, in all you're getting, get understanding. 
Amen. So, yes, so, indeed. Can you hear me? Get into it now, or are we just going Please. to? Okay, okay, fine. So again, you know how yes. I do. I like to open up giving God the glory and just acknowledging indeed. Him, and and that put the enemy to flight right there. You know. Amen. So yes. with that being said, I'll say, Heavenly Father, we come to you this evening with praises and and we bless you, God. We thank you for covering us and keeping us from all hurt, harm, or danger. We know that you are uh, our strong tower. So thank you, Lord. We come to you with an attitude of gratitude. We bless your holy name for revealing the mysteries of the kingdom of God to your people. And with Mm. that said, we'll say amen. Amen. So so today I'm going to talk about stop blaming the devil. Or in some cases, stop blaming the enemy. And we cannot continue to blame the devil for things that we as believers are doing. This is because the devil Mm -hmm. never had that power to make us do anything. Even in the Garden of Eden, he didn't make Eve disobey uh, uh, or touch the tree of good and evil. Uh, He suggested it. And he told him, she told her what God didn't say, and he lied. And the Bible says that Satan had beguiled her. He didn't make her. So when we understand that the devil can't make us do anything, all he can do is make suggestions. It's up to us whether or not we are going to accommodate the enemy. We already know to some degree what God approves of and what he doesn't. We know the definition of sin and we know the definition of righteousness. The believer has been given all power over God's creation. And it was man through his disobedience who surrendered his power and authority to the devil back in Genesis. And only those who chose to not believe God had no power over over the devil. Um, <coughs> excuse me. In Second Corinthians four and four, the Bible says, "In whom the God of this world has blinded the minds of them which believe not." Amen. Lest, lest the the light of the glorious gospel of Christ, who is in the image of God, should shine unto them. So, so this is to say that if we would only believe then we would not be in darkness. But those who are in darkness of those who don't believe. And, and, you know, it's again like we curse ourselves not realizing that when we say things that are not in accordance to what God is saying to us, we are cursing ourselves. Uh, with that, Proverbs 18.21 says, death and life is in the power of the tongue. And those who love it will eat the fruit thereof. So you have the opportunity to speak life and not death. Because, you know, if you say you ain't you can't do something long enough, you're not going to do it. Understanding that we are new creatures in Christ and have been given once again all power. We sometimes make bad choices, even though we have that power. And want to blame Satan. Uh, uh, Oftentimes, we blame Satan for anything that's not considered good. If we lose our job, it was Satan. 
If we lose uh, money, it was Satan. If someone in our family passes on, it was Satan. And some people will even say God did it. Um, we have to understand the limitation of the enemy. The sooner we realize, the sooner we will take back control over our lives. As long as you continue to blame others for your situation, you'll never be able to change them. Because you'll always feel like you're under attack. You'll always be on the defense instead of being on the offense, calling those things that be not as though they were. Saying what God said that you shall, I mean, well, the, the prophet said you shall live and not die. Um, um, God is here to bless us. He says, uh, I came that you may have life and have it more abundantly. That's God's desire. A lot of people still say, well, okay, we'll do this or, or this will happen if it's God's will. Well, you you say that as though you don't know God's will. Um, but that's a problem in itself, that we should know the will of God for the people of God. Amen. So, you know, he said that he will not withhold no good thing from those who live upright. So if you're doing the best you can and your heart is pure or transitioning, then you should know or you should have the confidence. There's a scripture that says this is the confidence that we have in him. That if we ask anything according to his will, he hears us. So this is being in covenant with God. This is being in relationship with God where now we learn the new language of God. We learn, he said, I come that you may have life and have it more abundantly. So it's not his uh, desire that you be broke, disgusted, and can't be trusted. It's not his desire that you live in lack. So you need to understand that. Amen. Um, as long as we continue to blame others for our situation, we'll never be able to change it. You will never regain control over your life as a believer until you realize the limitation of the enemy. If we believed in God half as much as we believe in Satan, we'd be doing great and mighty things. We'd be doing things that wow. just be beyond your comprehension. But we put so much value on Satan and give him so much credit for the things that he has nothing to do with. It's you and the decisions you make that shapes your life. Nine times out of ten, wherever we are individually in our life is because we made certain decisions. And then those of us who might be in a situation that has nothing to do with the decisions we made <clears throat> and is still negative... We don't understand the power and authority that God had given us to call those things that be not as though they were. So if something's going on in your life that is not cool, you have the power to change that. But you have to believe that God has given you dominion and power in this world. Amen. Remember what God said in Genesis 1 and 26, and it goes to 28. 
And God said, let us make man in our image after our likeness and let them have dominion over the fishes of the sea and over the fowls of the air and etc. All of God's creation was under our authority. And even though the fall of man had happened, the rise of another man had redeemed us back to God. And being redeemed back to God, God empowered us. God gave us grace and mercy. God gave us uh, uh, blessings and, and God gave us direction and he gave us the scriptures. And the Bible says all scriptures were inspired by God and are profitable for doctrine, for reproof, for correction and instruction. There was no way, no reason, makes no kind of sense for God to so love the world that he gave us his only begotten son, that whosoever would believe on him shall not perish, but have everlasting life. So he's offering us what he had originally gave us in the beginning, other than we didn't need to be redeemed. And being redeemed means that he paid for our life with a price and gave us power and authority. Luke 10, 19, behold, I give you all power to tread on serpents and scorpions. And over all the power of the enemy and nothing by any means shall harm you. Now, to 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 believe this, <coughs> excuse me, you can say it, <coughs> but to believe it, you got to work at it. You got to involve yourself with the things of God. You have to familiarize yourself with the power and authority of God. You have to understand that God is no respect of person. You have to understand that if God said it, he meant it. He'll watch over it till it performed that which he sent. it. He said in John 10 and 10, the thief cometh but to steal, kill and destroy. But I come that you may have life and have it more abundantly. It's all about regaining and having more than we had when, when man fell. Because you got to remember, David said, I was born in sin and shaped in iniquity. And that's how we live. We may not have committed the first, the first disobedient, but we joined forces and we got to a place where we weren't feeding our spirit, man. We feeding our natural man and the natural man is cousins to the devil. So it was all about our will and not God's will, but God is saying, yo, you belong to me and I want you to have what I have. And once you understand, you know where Jesus said, if you believe in the works that I do, you shall do also, and greater works than these you shall do. If you knew what Jesus had done, who wouldn't want that? Because we need it for ourselves. He gave sight to the blind. He opened deaf ears. He raised people from the dead. He cast out demons. He laid hands on people and they were healed. Who wouldn't want to be who wouldn't want to be able to do that now when so much sickness and disease is in the world? Matthew 10 and 1, the Bible says that Jesus called the disciples unto him and he gave them power over un all unclean spirits. And once he gave them the power, he wanted them because they had to go by faith. Amen. He wanted them to go out and heal all manner of sickness and disease. And maybe if we would have adopted that concept, that, that blessing that God had given us in our redemption, that so many of our parents would not have been sick or would not have stayed sick. Okay? So the choices we make 
design the life we are living right now. And to change one's condition, one must change the choices one are making. Psalm 34 and 37 and 4 said, uh, delight yourself in him and he'll give you the desires of your heart. What is the desires of your heart? And you've been trying to fulfill those desires as long as you've been in the world. How's it working out for you? Well, now God is saying, come be not as though they were to do those things you thought you couldn't do through the, his son, Jesus Christ, who was our, who is our intercessor. Amen. Who is uh, was the blood sacrifice for man to reunite with God. The reason you don't have what you so desire is maybe because we're not following the principles of God. The world ain't gave it to you and it ain't going to give it to you. And it's getting worse now. So if you want to shift in your life, you got to change your thinking. Romans 12 and 2 said, be not conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind that you will know uh, the good and perfect will of God. So here, whatever it is that you need or you so desire that is good, God got it. And God is willing to give it to us, but we have to believe him for it. God cannot bless you beyond what you believe he can. The spirit of God in walking in faith allows us to believe the unbelievable for the natural man or, or expect the unexpected. Uh, what is it? Second Corinthians 2, 14 says the natural man. See, you got to understand if we stay in this natural frame of mind, we cannot experience the things of God. 2 Corinthians 2.14 said, the natural man cannot conceive the things of the spirit, for they are foolishness unto him. And neither can he know them, for they are spiritually discerned. There are things that are only the believer by faith is privy to. The unbeliever is walking in darkness. The Bible says that, that he follows the God of this world who has blinded the minds of those who believe not. So if you believe not, you can't walk by faith and unbelief at the same time. So you can't have those things that God had promised you. You know, you waiting and waiting and waiting because, see, you might be still waiting because on one tongue you saying, well, God, your word said, if I, if I ask you and I believe, I can have it. So you tell God what you want. And then in the second tongue, you start doubting God. The Bible says, be anxious for nothing. And the doubting comes from being anxious, wondering if God heard you, wondering if God is going to do it. You got to be solid on this thing. If you ask and you know God is hearing you because you're living, you're trying to do the best you can. And he said that I will, if you... If you delight yourself in me, I'll give you the desires of your heart. That's period. There's nothing coming behind that but another good scripture. So, so here uh, we ask, but we doubt. And then the Bible says in book of James, um, what does this man think he will receive? He's being tossed to and fro like the wind. He will receive nothing of God. Because you're not believing God for it. You got to be settled in your mind. That if you say by his, he car 
By his stripes, we're healed. He said he bared our sickness and carried our disease. By his stripes, we're healed. You have to understand how healing works. You have to understand that it, it has to be a process. It's not a miracle. We're talking about heal our body, God. And we have to thank him. Now, the scripture says, be anxious for nothing, but through prayer, supplication, and thanksgiving, make your requests known. So the, it, the author is saying, thank God for what you're asking him for, even before you get it. And don't put a time factor on God, because see, when you start to believe God and you're waiting for the manifestation of what God promised, grace and mercy is working in your life. You can stop thinking about this thing. Stop acting sick and act like you healed. Now, you have limitations and I understand that and you work within your limitations. But don't act like a patient if you saying you believe you're healed. OK, if you ask God for something, stop worrying about it. Somebody said, if you're going to pray, don't worry. If you're going to worry, don't pray. So you have to make your mind up. In the book of um, Elijah, Elijah was making a demonstration to the children of Israel because they were so flip flop. They were lukewarm. One week they believed in God and the other week they believe in Bilal. So he says to them, if you believe that Bilal is God, that's Satan, then believe in him. But if you believe God is God, then believe in him. And he asked them, how long will you be torn between two opinions? Ask yourself, are you going to believe God or are you not? You can't have it both ways. That makes you lukewarm. And you know what he said about those people He's going to spew them out of it. So I bless you right now with this teaching that you would understand that the power, Satan has no power over you. And if you start understanding that and you start walking in the power and authority in Jesus' name that he has given us, you'd be surprised how your life would change. Amen. Sister Amen. Phil. Oh, yes. Now you're talking about a table set for what royalty? We are indeed dining at a royal table set just for us. Pastor, this is so uh, wonderful. And so in um, in uh, what is the word mm, connection with the Proverbs that we've been reading, those sound words of wisdom that come through are telling us to believe, trust, and walk in the righteous way. And you are continuing that message for us. And so it's all being stamped in our very, uh, the de very depths of our being that we are being nourished, of course, and we're growing. We're definitely growing. Uh, so there are some comments that I want to bring to you right now. And one is uh, from Sister Rima, and I'm going to go back up and read it just like she wrote it so that you can um, speak to it if you will. Let me see. I'll find it. I, she writes, I have confidence in God that he will bring to pass what his plans are for my life. I must confess that I don't know the specifics of his plan for my life. Now, I wrote down after reading that, what are the specifics and how do we know? Because I think that if you're trusting him for the plan, somehow, Pastor, I'm thinking 
you got to know the plan or else you might miss it. <laughs> I don't know. Okay. And so we speak to that. Okay. Check it out. The plan. Okay. Mm -hmm. Is that you be in good health That's and right. that you prosper as your soul mm -hmm. prospers. That's mm -hmm. the plan. The plan is that you will position yourself to to from from unrighteousness to righteousness that you may spend eternity with God. The plan is all good. Watch this. You don't know the plan because you ain't God. You we have to trust in the plan and knowing that God is good all the time and all the time God is good, knowing that the, the, the plan is to be under God's protection, love, and, and, and all of that is good, then, then that's all we need to know. What happens is we are asked God to do something and then we are turn around in our minds and tell them how to do it. Mm. Whereas he said, lean not to your own understanding, but trust in the Lord in all your ways. He said, my thoughts are not your thoughts and my ways are not your ways. So we can't and that's what happens. We're expecting something to come a particular way because we formulate this in our imagination. But we can't do that because we're not God. We just know. How about this? And trying to stop figuring it out and go to Romans 8 and 28. Now we know all things work together for the good of those who love the Lord and are called according to his purpose. That's good. That should be good enough for us. Amen. Okay. All righty. You know, too, when you when you brought that scripture out, uh, I would that you would prosper and be in good health, even as your soul prospers. It reminds me that as we, he, he is he is first and foremost wanting, he wants us in his family. God really has offered redemption to the whole world. And in that, there follows a a full uh, benefit package, as it were, and so these are the the um, desires of God for our lives. Now, Light Touch wrote that as I am transformed in Christ, my desires are also transformed. I kind of think I like that. After it has What'd to. What'd you say? It has to. Yeah. He said. He said, "Delight yourself in me." And I'll give you the desires of your heart. So that's part of the transition because we, generally speaking, don't delight ourselves in God. We delight ourselves in our flesh. Mm -hmm. And not mm -hmm. necessarily meaning sexual, but our own will, our own desires. That's what we delight mm -hmm. ourselves in. Amen. Good, good. And, and it is a matter of, um, to me, to read that sentence and appropriately uh, extract the meaning, we have to know who the recipient or who is doing the giving. You know what I'm saying? So where do those desires come from? It, to me, that, that statement means that he's actually handing you the desire, which I believe also, based on other, other uh, scriptures and reading through, that these these desires align with the gift 
that he's already placed in you, your spiritual gifts, your servant gifts, your transformed mind now um, applies all that he has given you to the work of his kingdom, to that which he has ordained from us from the foundations of the world, that we should walk in these good works. And so um, that is absolutely right. What we think we knew about ourselves before salvation and what would fulfill us, we find out when we come into Christ and walk with him exactly what that that is more like okay uh good 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 now pastor are you that's about it um right now are you going to take us further in this that there's there was something that was kind of stewing in me um blaming others for whatever situation we find ourselves in i wanted to kind of come back to that as well um the the uh, proverbs that we're reading speak a lot to the actions of the wicked man, right? So slothfulness and you know uh, pride and uh, not giving, stinginess and all of that that really rob us of exactly the thing we're trying to acquire, and with that comes a blame. And so, so talk about that, if you will, with regards to the present environment and condition of many people uh, in this society. I'm talking this society because I live in America and I can see in the communities where there is a real dearth of understanding. So, Pastor, would you talk about, about that for me? Well, you know, the Bible talks about bearing false witness, but you you have to understand that we were we were trained, we were cultivated in looking outside of ourselves and not inside. Everything that mm-hmm. we wanted was based on something outside of ourselves that's why the bible said cover it not cover it not your neighbor i see what my neighbor got and i want it mm. but where i got mm. my own i should have my own desires now the desires that most of most of mankind has so let's say those who aren't saved sanctified filled with the holy ghost or the natural man's mm-hmm. desire, the cardinal man's desires, the, mm-hmm. the desires of the flesh. I want, I need all of that stuff. Um, when we start to understand the fruits of the spirit, when it, it, it talks about love, it talks about self-control, kindness, gentleness, long-suffering, forbearance. Mm-hmm. Um, when we start to operate in those kind of characteristics of uh, selflessness when 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 i start to the bible says that we want one another you know uh put somebody before you care for somebody empathy you know uh con- having consideration when we learn how to walk in those spirits then our desires will change amen it will change in such a way where I now believe that I am my brother's keeper. I, I do believe and understand why God is telling us to love one another. Because right now, 
we think we love ourselves. But if we look at ourselves and how we, the decisions we make, that ain't love, man, because most of the time it don't work out in our good, but yet and still, we still do that. So, so in, and having a mind like Christ and a heart like God, one must spend time with God. One must commune with God and, and allow the Holy Spirit to, to, to examine and convict oneself. One must get out of oneself for real. Uh, separating yourself from the unclean. He said, anyone who comes to Christ is a new creation. Old things are passed away and all things become new. And this is why Romans 12 and 2 says, uh, be not conformed to this world. All the things that we have learned how to protect ourselves, how to get what we need to get, how to treat people, how not to trust people, how not to forgive people. God is saying, you need to get a new mindset. That stuff ain't working in this kingdom. It might work in the kingdom that I just delivered you from, but it ain't working in my kingdom. You see what I'm saying? So this is where uh, he said, delight yourself. Here go another scripture, how to get the enemy off of you. He said, submit yourself. Well, in order to submit yourself to God, you have to believe in God. You have to love God. You have to say, it says, submit yourself. Resist the devil because that's the power you got because you know he ain't got no power. All he's doing making a suggestion and he'll flee. But most of us can't even resist it. We entertain it. And we give a weak, I rebuke you, devil, in the name of Jesus. Yeah, still in the back of your mind, you wondering, like, I wonder how that would be if I did that. Because we're not sold out. You have to be sold out to the point where you at least the very least, want to do the right thing. Now, you ain't mature to the point where you got control over yourself, but you at least want to do it, and the Holy Spirit will help you. Amen. God, I, I, I do believe that uh, the condition of your heart, your desire there is helped greatly and and ex expedited by the Holy Spirit. Uh, Pastor Fresh in Spaces writes, I think the delighting is essential to then asking what is in line with the spiritual will. And she writes this, as we were talking about, he'll give you the desires of your heart. So those desires, oh, I love this, are definitely transformed. And um, she says, yes, um, oh, I'm sorry, Light Touch responded, operating in a Holy Spirit-generated heart or a transformed heart. Yes, Absolutely. that that reaches it. Mm -hmm. um, uh, all things, all things. I am working on unlearning the world and saturating my heart and thoughts with God's word. Yeah. That is a key. That is truly exactly what pastor is um is instructing us to do he's teaching us and you know what i wanted to go to also uh back to this uh point that you made we blame the devil and then you said it's because we believe him more than we believe god you know that's profound that is eye-opening and my question then to myself, you know, is wonder what it is that makes us believe in the power of the devil more than in the power of God. Our what fear. is that? 
That's our fear. I say the same. Yes. Fear That's right. Our faith. You know what's real crazy? And this is this is woman and man. How okay. can you believe that a woman or a man, when they say I love you, and you go heads over heel, you you'll do anything almost for them, and you don't believe God loves you. Mm. And when you look at it, let's measure it out. What that man or woman has done for you in the time that you have known them versus what God has done for you, even though you ain't serving them right. I think God will win that one. I think he already did. You are right. God will win every time. And when you when you brought that example uh, up, you know what I thought too? The fear is what makes us believe Satan's power over God's. And then it is our carnality that makes us believe people love us in ways that they can never love us, right? And we go head over heels and don't understand God's love for us in that it has already been demonstrated to the maximum degree that love can be demonstrated. Talk on, Pastor. I love it. Thank you. Mm -hmm. Don't ever say the fear of the Lord is the beginning of knowledge. Yes. So why are we fearing Satan? He ain't got no power over us. Check this out. If Satan had power over you, you'll already be dead. Mm, don't you know? You would have. Mm. Satan ain't playing with us. Right he, to, he come to kill, steal, and destroy. You ain't destroyed. Yes. You ain't dead. You know what I'm saying? You may have yeah. created some stumbling blocks, but because of God's grace and mercy, you got up. And look where you at today. You may not be where you should be, but you sure ain't where you been. So that tell you right there, Satan ain't got no power. Amen. Amen. And uh, um, Sharon writes, there is no comparison. Absolutely not. Question even my daily thoughts and practices to be sure I am in line with God's instruction. Like to tell you on a journey, girl, you're getting there too. And and Sharon, thank you. There is no comparison. There is no comparison. The Lord showed me the power of, of the redemption power, that which he did when he died. And then I walked into that shed blood for the remission of my own sins and into his conquering death. By the, by that very statement, we know that the fear that we were held in bondage to by Satan has now been crushed because Jesus Christ has conquered all that stuff and he has no power over us. This is just beautifully, beautifully rendered. Thank you so much. Um, so yes, question even our daily um uh, thought, you know what? I question your every thought <laughs> this morning in the book of Proverbs. It was just beautiful. We had a little minister, Amy, and she just she just brought us into uh, such a delightful uh, dining in the words that were given us those proverbs. And one point that she uh, made that I remember uh, very clearly, she started with 
uh, verse 12, which is smack dab in the middle of the chapter. Literally, there are 25 chapters. We hit verse 12 first. And verse 12, she said, must have inspired a poem um, by Langston Hughes. And it's called, uh, What Happens to, um, what is it? Come on, guys, help me. I've been, I've been many miles today. What happens to a dream deferred? The thing that is in your heart to do, the very uh, import of God's plan to your very being. See, I know it. I, I believe, Pastor, it burns in us. I don't believe that we can ever find solace or peace or fulfillment until we land in the the place of God's redemption and his ultimate guidance to fulfill those those things that he's put in us, we call them dreams. But I believe that they that is absolutely the plan of God. It is the ordained good work that we ought to walk in and they were given there before the foundations of the world. So what happens to that dream deferred? If, it, if you don't fulfill it, your heart is sick. But the only way, okay, so the, the proverb goes on to say, but when the desire comes, it is sweet like a tree of life or something it's like it's a tree of life right and then the later verse says it's it's sweet and that's it we believe uh, the devil because we quake with fear we uh believe man because of our carnal desires and we want to walk in whatever this world has defined as success or fulfillment or love or anything else you can define and when you come to jesus christ oh my goodness life only then does life begin. Life truly begins when you know Christ. And I say, check all of your thoughts <laughs> at the door of entry to any plan and make sure that it does align with God's will and way. And simply reading and you know, fellowshipping with him will unleash our understanding. You know, Pastor, you wrote... Uh, we cannot, when we understand, uh, what is it? Your eyes will be open, you say in that book. Your eyes open, really, right? Understanding does an, a miraculous thing. Go on, you can talk to me. You, you know why a heart defer make if the person sick? Because yeah. <laughs> they're not walking <laughs> by faith. Absolutely. You ever, you ever heard the expression denial? No. Uh, how'd it go? Delayed, but not denied. Yes. God don't give us everything we ask for when we ask for it because mm -hmm. we're not ready for it because it's not time. The Bible said faint not in well-doing or mm -hmm. in due season you shall reap your reward. So That's you right. Pushing your your going forward is, is based on not receiving what God said, but the, what the word of God says. And that's where we got to get. The scripture says, walking after the spirit, we won't fulfill the lust of the flesh. So you can't serve the flesh and the spirit at the same time. And that's what we have to learn how to do. We have to learn how to hold fast to the promises of God for the Bible says that the promises of God is yea and amen. Amen. You know, yes. so 
to learn how, and this is where the transformation comes in, or, or, or this is where the renewing comes in. Like right now, this is the season of, of revival, right? A lot of churches are having revival. But you know what I say, you don't need a revival, you need a review. And that's what Jesus did to the disciples. Every time they did something crazy, he brought them right back to that word. Sure and what the word said. He didn't have no revival in the band and the singers and all that. That got a mini concert. No, he gave them the word. You know, uh, uh, the Bible tells us that in the book of Joshua, one in, one in eight, the, the God told Joshua to let not my word depart out of your mouth and meditate on it day and night. And that would give you the assurance that you will keep his law. You will keep his ways. If ever, he said, acknowledge me in all thy ways. And he'll be a light unto your path. We can't casually or sometimes uh, say what God says and then say mostly what the world say and expect to get what God said. The, trans, the transformation won't take place until we get new information in our stinking thinking. You're always talking. You're always talking about what you can't do and very little about what you can do. Maybe because we don't understand or we don't relate to, I can do all things through Christ. That's what we should be saying. And that's what our kids should be hearing us say. Not talking about, I don't know how I'm going to make it. I don't know what I'm going to do. You are imparting those inferior spirits into your children or the hearer. The Bible said wow. that the hearer of what you say should be magnified. You know, or lifted up. So we got to stop saying, we in ourselves can't do nothing. But with Christ, we can do all things. Isn't that beautiful? I tell you, listen, you know what? I'm going to I'm going to uh, coin your phrase. I'll, I'll give you credit for it, too. But I'm going to write to the, the church. The next time they say we're going into a revival, I'm going to say, how about we just have a review and do what Nehemiah and Ezra did when they went yeah. back and, you know, uh, fixed up that wall and That's call right. the church in assembly and read God's word straight as it is written. Read it so that we can review and assess who well, we are. Phyllis, it might be a little yes, hard for you to get some support on that because you got to remember if you be real, be true to ourselves, these revival <laughs> generates a lot of money. A review well, ain't generate no money. Huh? I believe, just like when Nehemiah called all those people together, they gave up their, their marriages to walk in consistency with God's law. So, you know, Pastor, we never know. You know, the pastorate and all that, you know, all them sitting up there, they kind of believe that. But, you know, I really do believe that there are more folks sitting out listening to them Sunday after Sunday who would appreciate a walk through the scriptures Absolutely. so that their lives. Yeah. But, so but, no, whether they take it that, or not. I was making that reference to uh, religious structure. I get that. It. 
Oh, okay. Okay. Yeah. And what I'm saying is they they probably do think that way, but I'll if 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 they would take the leap, they would probably realize just the opposite. We do want to know Jesus Christ. Come on, we come to church every Sunday. We go to Bible study. We do all this stuff for the church. You know what I mean? Like, uh, so you're not really enticing us uh, to do to to all of that. When I say you, I mean the pastors for love of you. Sometimes it is that. Sometimes it is that. But I, be, I you know, I just have a lot of confidence in the average pew sitter, and I'm thinking that they're doing it because they think they're satisfying the will of God with regards to what we believe uh, to be a church, you know, but I'm going to try it anyway. You see, if, if, if oh, I, no, I'm, not if I <laughs> I'm not trying to discourage you. I'm just saying, don't be dismayed if you don't get no favorable response, you know, because, yeah, you know, no. the Bible tells us be not deceived by the traditions or the philosophy of men nor the rudiments of this world. And and that's what the churches are doing today. Churches, everybody's having this revival. And, pe and they're getting the best uh, speakers, so-called speakers, to come and rile up the people. The choirs sing. It's, it's like an extravaganza. And somebody brings the word. Okay, true. No, Okay, but... It's, it's three days in a row. It's, it's, it's about the money because how many yeah. people, how many people come to Christ and are transformed? How many people understand more than they did when they came in? See, the thing about it is they felt better. They felt good. You know, their ears were satisfied because they call them itchy ears. But, but a lot mm -hmm. of times we are stimulated and, and, feeling good and what we feel ain't got nothing to do with what we know because if we know what god wants us to know we'll start moving mountains and walking on waters and be a fire starter and start loving and forgiving one another and start growing in the spirit and becoming praise one the lord. praise the lord praise the lord oh yes 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 Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus, Sharon says. And that's the truth. Um, and then Tony writes, his word is a fire and is like a hammer that breaks rock into pieces. Now, what better things, again, can we ask if this word becomes our everything? Oh, my goodness. Amen. If your word becomes everywhere. By the way, you know, um, when I read the Gospel of John, and he writes there, right on the right, the first verses, in the beginning was the word, and the word was with God, and the word was God, and the word became flesh and dwelt among us. Right there, you just have to stop. Right, you have to stop because Jesus Christ, the word came and dwelt among us. Jesus, the living word, a just the embodiment of all that God intended to be there to pay the price. You know, a man after a man, a man had to pay the price for us. It is worth taking a moment to simply contemplate 
and to just, you know, you talk about meditation in the world today. This is meditation, truly not emptying your mind, but filling it with truth and filling it with God's words and just letting it go. You just turn it over and over and over in prayer and letting the Holy Spirit not only make the revelation to us, he will do that, but then just planting it deep so that our lives are now in process of being transformed and all that God can see from the very moment that we we come to him. This is really beautiful. If the word is our everything. And Light Touch says, okay, she said, my heart, examine my heart, Lord. If there be any wicked or unclean thing in me, clean me up. Hallelujah. Tony writes, he sent his word to heal our diseases. And this same word never returned to him void until it is accomplished. All these are God's truths. Reem says, amen. Trust God's word to do the work. Hallelujah. And you know, Pastor, I, I really do like the fact that you you make you you make me aware, you know, I, I knew revival is a moment in time when I'm sure <clears throat> that you know they've got money on their minds. But what would happen if every pastor just simply trusted God <laughs> to provide? I mean, he he said he would, you know, and he had provision in the law for the ministers that he appointed, those priests had everything that they needed. And I don't think he is different today than he was then. He may uh, appropriate a, a different kind of method. You know what I mean? So he may guide us in different ways, but I do believe he will provide according to his riches and glory and his abundance he will pour out on those who truly, truly seek him and serve according to his leading. So this is sweet. I, I just don't know what else to say. And I don't know where else to go. Glory to God. Glory to God. Mm -hmm. How about this? If yes, every sir. revival, and I'm not saying that every revival is just about money. I'm not going to do that. But I'm saying that's the premise. Yes. But imagine... If every divide, every revival, the people became got on one accord, that revival will be transformed into a Pentecostal experience. Hallelujah. Everybody would be on one accord. And a mighty Russian wind would come up. People would be transformed. People would be speaking in tongues. People would be walking in power. And then maybe, then maybe the people who have issues about the church might come back because they see the power in the church. The reason they leaving because it ain't no power in the church. Nothing there. People are dropping like flies mm. in the church. Mm. Just like they doing in the world. So maybe if we would embrace the word of God and let the word do what it do and we do what God say do, that that power will come back within the church. People will see the light and they will come to the light that's in the church. Mm. Mm. That is a real challenge. And those of us who are members of churches, right, I, I really am praying that the Lord will give us um, 
first of all, cause us to understand that we are indeed members of his body. And so even though he imparts, you know, and appoints a pastor uh, to to take care of a, of a particular flock and the deacons, you know, the, the order of the church is set. There's nothing uh, that isn't set. But he does give every one of us gifts to do a thing. And so if we uh, are a little more willing to express our desire for Christ amongst within that body, we we might get we might get something. And now you know what Gabs wrote me, and she told me that uh, these people keep asking to buy a, you know our home a property there that we all own, and and she keeps telling them no. But finally the person writes back and asks her again, and she said, <laughs> I can't put it the way she did, but she goes. Um, uh, why don't you look for a property? Well, here's an idea. Why don't you go look for a property that has a for sale sign in the yard? Now that's an idea. This is what I'm saying. The same thing. Isn't it an idea that we would then be on one accord, Pastor, that we would then be, uh, the gifts of God would, would just flourish. They would just really break forth. And then what would we see? What is God willing to do when we devote our very being to him and live out his word in a body of believers? If one can chase a thousand and two can uh, chase 10,000, what would a small community of 10 do? My goodness, even 10 in a community. May God just help us. And right, okay, so I'm missing some things here. Uh, love, love, love is the answer. You know, so true, says Mary. I um, and and Veronica, thank you, and all of you who like the show. That is wonderful. They amass what is called engagement scores for us. And um, you know, one day I may be able to run an ad. I don't know if I really want to, but nonetheless, you know, all these little points and things have have their purpose. And uh, the pod points, of course, I translate those into dollars, and um, they are given to my my guests. So Sharon says. <clears throat> Cover right, Sharon. Love, love, love is the answer. Love covers a multitude of sins, says Mary. And Sharon writes back, love one another first, especially in the household of faith. That's what God told us to do. Paul writes, I, I would that you would be of one mind, one mind. All this division that happens out there. In the unity of the spirit, there is a room for the differences God has set us with the different gifts and we will um we will what is that cooperate with all those gifts working to the fullness of whatever the plan is for the body i mean i could just go on with that pastor you brought out some you 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 put a fire under us tonight thank you tony for the word absolutely you have put a fire under us and um you can you know, bring it on home. We're, we're in the home stretch, so you do bring us in. And, and I listen. When we make up in our mind that we are willing to be obedient to God and trust God in his word, even when we don't understand it, that is our best alternative. We don't know. Uh, 2 Corinthians 2 and 9 says, 
eyes have not seen, ears have not heard, neither has it entered the hearts of them what God has, in, has prepared for those who love him. But we know what the world is offering us, promises and lies. We already know what we get and what we don't get from the world. And whatever God had for us has to be better than what the world is offering us. We have to come to ourselves and get to a place where we say, I'm, I'm going to try this. See, one thing about it, you can try God. And if it don't work for you, you can go back to Satan. But don't <laughs> deny yourself that the blessings of what God is offering us, the power and authority coming together in one mind. He said, you said 10. He said three. If two or three touch and agree here on earth, he's in the midst. Whenever God is in the midst of something, the Bible said there's liberty. So whatever got you bounded up, if it be in your mind, it be in your body or in your spirit, when God comes on the scene, you set free. And the Bible said who the Lord set free is free indeed. <clears throat> we walk with power and authority and enemy come at you, but he won't mess with you because you already got something for him. You understand? And and there's a there's another scripture, I think it's in Peter, first Peter uh one and three of three and one. I'm sorry. And it says, according, watch this, watch this, listen to this, according to his divine power. Now, God's power supersedes any power, principality, spiritual wickedness in high places, any of those things. God power supersedes it. He says, according to his divine power. He has given us everything, not some things, not a few things, but everything <clears throat> that we would need according to his. I'm sorry. Let me. I broke that up. According to his divine power, he has given us everything that pertains to life and godliness. To live to live for God is to live. Amen. Through the knowledge of him, we have to seek the knowledge of him like we seek knowledge of stuff that don't even really matter. See, we got to put our time in this. This is an, an eternal investment that, that we can we can experience right now. You know, you're talking about living your best life. You can't live your best life unless you live until you live your Christ life. Amen. That's all I, I, that's all I want to say. <laughs> I'll start preaching. Oh, Listen, you know, every table that, that God puts us, you know, he invites us to is a good table. Everyone. I mean, the dainties, the sweets, the meats, everything, the drink, everything is just absolutely divine. It's beautiful. And still he comes and seems like he stacks a different table with that is finer than the one before. <laughs> and that's just, how, that's just how I respond to a good time in fellowship and teaching. And you know what? I'm so grateful to God for uh, the format, right? The one thing on my heart uh, for years and years and years was the little man in the pew. Well, a couple of things. And fellowship. Like, you know, and, and the gifts of God in every man and, and the uh, inhibition that that is experienced within the so-called local assembly. We all ought to have good ordained works that we are completing. We all should be able to walk in the fullness of the understanding of our faith through good, uh, you know, up close 
teaching and not just, you know, the talking to you all the time and never letting you respond to whatever is there. Pastor, you don't even know how you are a manifestation of that which has been in my heart. And I've complained about it. I got to confess, I did a lot of complaining. And the Lord just shut me up finally. And I said, well, Father, if I'm wrong, you just show me myself, you know, and then I'm going to be content. And, you know, I'm going to do what you tell me to do because I can't help myself. But here we are with Pastor John Thomas. And God has given him a series of teaching studies wherein he touches on almost everything you can think about with regards to your faith and the questions there. And though brief and succinct, at least we get, we really delve into it. And he supplies sufficient scripture for us to reference so that we can begin with prayer as he recommends to ask the Lord to reveal to us more and more. I have a testimony today of uh, an application of one of, I can't even remember what, what, it's a compilation of things that you've said. My friend was hospitalized, uh, supposed to be a, an overnight, um, you know, a, a procedure, or it was supposed to happen in one day. So she doesn't have good flow of blood to her legs, right? And in one, one leg, so she's been in a great deal of pain. And and the doctors had to uh, put in, I'm saying it's a stent, but I think it's a more complicated procedure than that. Anyway, they couldn't find something that they needed. And the doctor told her that they, if they couldn't find it, they would have to amputate her leg. And when that thing, when she told me that, I was hit as if it were my leg they were talking about, you know what I mean? <laughs> and they would tell you, it didn't take much prayer from me. I told the Lord that the centurion came and asked and told him he understood authority. And let me tell you, Phyllis doesn't understand it like the centurion did, but God has given me opportunity from time to time to be the, in a lead position. And so I said, Father, if you know, if I can, if me, Phyllis, can say, uh, do this and do that and people do it, you know what I mean? I never even thought about it that way, y'all, but it came out in prayer. The long and short of this testimony is that they found whatever they needed and her leg is preserved. And we keep on uh, thanking God for it and for the full strength in her legs. So, Pastor, you you motivated me. Now, you know, I believe God can do anything. Honest goodness, all my life, I've just, my mother told me I believed in miracles, and I do. But you came to mind and your teachings when I began to pray for my friend. And so however little may be seeping in, it really is seeping in. And the faith that God has given me, I shall indeed activate to its fullest because I'm asking him to do that for me. And that is in, in, in conjunction with those things that I have heard over these weeks with you, Pastor. May the Lord our God recompense you. May he fill you to overflowing with more of the revelation of his word so that as you teach, you are teaching the fullness and we are receiving. And I thank God for the anointing that he's given you to do it. And thank you for hearing us. Thank you for allowing us to talk with you. 
Thank you for allowing us to freely share with you. And I've been on the line with them and I know his, his members talk frankly to him as, as frankly as he does to them. That's love. That's love. And with more love like that, God's people might just come to be a force to be reckoned with, not because we're strong, but because God in us is strong and because he enables and empowers us by his spirit. And if you don't think I'm going to suggest a review, you just watch and see. I shall indeed. And if they can respond, whoever can respond like they want to respond, but I shall indeed offer it as a much better uh, uh, opportunity and for the upbuilding for the church. Thank you, Pastor John Thomas. Amen. You know, um, let me just say this too, if you don't mind. The Bible tells us that, I think it's in Jeremiah where he says, I'm raising up new, it is in Jeremiah, thank you, Holy Spirit, that he's raising up new shepherds after his own heart that will feed his people, that his people will not be afraid and he, and they will feed his people. And that's what's happening. Um, a lot of the older pastors are, are pretty much stuck in their way. And we, we pray for them and we bless them and we love them. But we, it's a new, it's a new gener, it's a new time. It's a new season. We have to get understanding. Uh, Proverbs 4 and 7 says wisdom is the principal thing. So get wisdom. Getting wisdom is getting the information. But in all you're getting, get understanding, because without the understanding, you can't apply or you can't apply what you learned. And this is what we have to do in this season. This is how we get back the power that God has given the church, that we are, uh, that he raised up shepherds after his own heart. And, and people, older pastors and people who've been kind of stuck in their ways or whatever can be transformed, too, if they surrender. So just know that God is doing everything he can for us to get this day. All you got to do is be available. He's not looking for those people who are qualified. Because they ain't. But he's looking for you and me who are available. And in our availability, he will empower us. He will lead us and guide us in the way that we should go. And we will do those things that he has called us to do. And it'd be all good because it's all God. Amen. So <laughs> I love it. You've got so many uh, 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 quotable quips. We shall use them. And it'll be all good because it's all God. Isn't that wonderful, you all? Isn't that just wonderful? And I always leave uh, the assembly uh, of God's gathered uh, saints here under this, uh, you know, this sweet, sweet, sweet umbrella uh, and anointing that is uh, with pastor here. I always leave with a, with a light heart. I am really, really rejoicing. I think we've heard so much that uh, we can just walk with and meditate on and uh, the transformation that is coming. We're in a season and this is a good season. Oh, God has never forgotten his own. And when we long for what we long for, if it is to bring us nearer, closer to him, you know, he's going to give it to you. We're his children. We're his little babies. Thank you so much. Well, we're growing up too, you know. All praise to our Father. A rhema word again. Transform me, Father. 
sweet sleeping Jesus. Yes, Sharon, you better get in that bed. She has to get up very early. And so does Tony. Tony has come and he it is the wee hours of the morning for him. Let you do sleep, sleep. And I ask God to give you restorative, peaceful rest that when you awaken, you shall be refreshed. And the dawn will remind you and energize you for this this life that God has called you to. And we pray again for Tony. He has a, a big thing coming up on Friday where he has to speak forth. And we ask God to anoint him and to speak through him by his spirit. And everyone who hears will have a transforming experience, a moment when they know they have heard through and by the, the voice of the Spirit. May God just bless us all. And Pastor, I, I just can't express uh, how very, very deeply grateful I am that you have spent these weeks with us. Lord, I, I can't believe he's still coming, you all, but he's coming, so we're going to take him as long as he can bear it, right? <laughs> the Lord has given him an appointment, an assignment with us, and we fully, fully uh, welcome and receive all that you have to share. May the Lord our God bless you all. Thank you, Sister Reams. Bless you, Sister P. Yes, you know my bones really do need that blessing. And the light that says, keep her coming, Pastor. <laughs> oh, you know what? When we finally meet him face to face and we sit down and we actually spend some time together, he's going to find us to be the most delightful of people. I surely do hope so. Anyway, we're praying for that. Yes, the Lord our God is good. Thank all of you for being here. We don't want to sleep today. <laughs> You're right. It's so good, right? You can just bounce around for the rest of the morning. <laughs> but go to sleep, Tony. The Lord gives his beloved sleep for a purpose. And there you go. And Veronica says, uh, thank you, mommy. <laughs> oh, boy. Thank you, indeed. Well, I think at Veronica Poetikar, thank you, mommy. Okay. You are very welcome. But we thank Pastor John Thomas for his uh, constancy. And uh, you know what I was telling someone today? Oh, no, we, oh, you, in the morning read of Proverbs and saying, you just ought to visit us because if you say it wrong, Pastor Thomas is going to bring you to the word, child. You're going to have to learn to talk all over again so that you are always speaking God's truth. And that declaration is a supply to our very life and definitely our spirit is strengthened there. So with that, Pastor, you want to say anything before we say good night? I, I just want Tony to uh, read Second Peter, uh, what is it, 3 and 1? Because, see, you're, God already got what you're going to say. It's already there. Second Peter 1 and 3. And if you get that, you'll realize that God already provided everything you're going to need. If you say what God tell you to say, you're going to be successful. That's all I say. And that goes for all of us. When we learn how to receive the Holy Spirit and listen to the Holy Spirit and do what he suggests, your life will transform. Amen. Amen. So just to make sure... Okay, Pastor John Thomas, 2 Peter 1, 3. That's the right scripture, right? Mm -hmm. Yes. Okay, dokie. 
Yes. And uh, okay, Eunice, we're so sorry. So glad you came. But you are right at the end of our our great, great um, time together here. We've had a wonderful time. We have dined more than sufficiently. Nobody could pay for the meal we just had. It was and is always exceptional. And if you will join us again on Wednesday nights at eight o'clock, you will again be able to sup with us in the in and our our host is Pastor John Thomas of God Will Make a Way Ministries from Wadesboro, North Carolina. We do invite you to come again as we do all of you. Thank you for being here. Eunice, you also could join us um, at 9 a.m. in the morning when we read through the book of Proverbs. And again at 8.30 every day except Sunday, at which time we read at 2 o'clock. And Wednesday, we read at 6. But Pastor Thomas is here every Wednesday night. We are in a series titled, In All Thy Getting, Get Understanding. Truer words could never have been spoken in order to apply to the context of our lives, we really must understand God's word. And he's committed to bringing us along in that regard. Thank you so much. And here we go, guys. Remember, you know, when I give a dinner party, there's going to be some delightful music. I just believe that the body uh, also corresponds to the heart. And so when you are joyful it's impossible not to dance, just a little bit anyway. And the holy dance is there and waiting for us. So here we go. May you have a great night. And I hope the music makes you smile. Yes, sir, you too. We'll speak very soon. God bless all of you. Have a great night. And I'll see you in the spirit again in the morning. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Mm-hmm.